Yo, what's up, you guys? It's your girl, TVLPC, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Self-Aware and Effed Up podcast. I have a super important guest with me today. She's here to share her story about her fight for mental health. She is a mental health advocate as well as a podcast host. I really look forward to her sharing her story about her journey and the things that she's experienced so that she's able to help someone that's listening. We definitely want to be able to give a warm, warm welcome to the Self-Aware and Effed Up podcast to Didi Harrison. Hey, Didi, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know when you first sent me that message and said you were interested, I was so excited. I didn't even read anything <laughs> about you. I just saw your name and, you know, Diva with Depression, it says so much and I had to have you on the show. So I really, oh, really thank you taking time out of your thank day. You. I appreciate you having me. Good deal, good deal. So do you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself and just kind of how you got into being an advocate for mental health? Well, I always start from the beginning. I've I've had um, lived with a mental illness um, in different form all my life. Okay. Um, But in 2006, I had my first nervous breakdown. Wow. While I was living here in Charlotte, um, I had a nervous breakdown at work. Okay. And so then, you know, hospitalization, medications and, and all that mm-hmm. other stuff um, went on for years. And then I moved back to, well, I moved to New Jersey in okay. 2012. And so, of course, as you know, trying to find a, diff- a new care team um, is hard. Yeah, and uh, trying to find one, an African-American care team is like trying to find a unicorn. Exactly. So <clears throat> I, I, um, I started speaking out a little bit more and then I was in a woman's group mm. and one day the topic came up about mental illness and I shared my story oh. and my inbox <laughs> was flooded, yeah. you okay. know, and, um, and then a, a, a friend of mine, uh, she's a podcaster and a blogger and she encouraged me to start blogging about what I was going through. Oh, wow. So it really just started from me trying to find you know, quality care um, and not being able to find it. And so I says, well, you know, maybe this is something to get loud about. Mm. Um, And that's how it started. I started out at blogging. Then I um, took a class in public speaking um, to start doing that. And um, the podcast actually just started last year. Okay. Nice, nice. Good (laughs) deal. I'm sure you're breaking a lot of ground with that. I think it's so important and so great what you do as an advocate. So you've kind of been dealing with this for a while within yourself. But, you know, I think that what stands out to me and what will probably the audience will want to know is diva with depression. Like, how did you end up coming up with that particular name? Is that Um, how you say it? I always tell... I always tell everybody that it's, it's funny because I'm a tomboy, you know, I'm the only girl, two brothers. Uh, If you ask me to put on a dress, I'll curse at you. I don't, you know, (laughs) I don't do that. I, however, which, because God loves a good joke, have two daughters Mm. and my daughters are the girliest of the girls. Um, But my daughters also live with mental illnesses. And so when we were living in New Jersey, the three of us, um, is when I started thinking about the blog and talking to people. And so they were helping me come up with a name. Mm. And um, ever since they were little, you know, it was always the three of us. People would see the three of us and they'd say, here comes the divas. 
And so I says, okay, you know, at first it was divas, divas with depression. Okay. And then they're like, oh no, we're not getting involved. It's just you. Ah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we went from there and that's how it stuck. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Like that's yeah. really cool that they were able to be a part of your journey, but then let you take the lead and you yeah. go and run with that. I think that that's yes. and that, um, you know, I I speak about my experience mostly. Um, when I talk about them, I always get their mm -hmm. permission beforehand, but mm -hmm. I thought it was important for people to understand that, you know, not only was I a woman dealing with mental illness, but I'm also a parent. And um, that sort of, um, that's another thing that needs to be discussed in our communities. Yeah, so that's why I always make sure to include them and part of their journey in my story, because they're a big part of it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. that that's pretty awesome that, you know, that you, you guys have a shared experience that you don't make their experience, your, your experience, but you at least acknowledge the impact that possibly your experience has had on that experience, because it, it's not something we discuss a lot, especially within the African-American community. So not I think at all. that's pretty cool that you have those open discussions with them um, about mental health, because it's oh, so yes. important. Yeah. Yes, we have to. And, uh, you know, my daughter is in, my oldest daughter is in nursing school right now. Oh, nice. And uh, she's in her third semester and she's doing her clinicals actually in mental health right now. Okay. And when she called yesterday, her face was so lit up because she's like, I know this, I know mm -hmm. this, yeah. you know? So um, it's important for us to, to um, share these stories because mm -hmm. our kids are at a deficit right now. Um, because they're growing up and they don't know where these feelings are coming from. They don't mm. know what's going on. So yeah. that's huge, you know, in addition to everything else. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so cool that in today's society that there are a lot more millennials that are going to therapy, even yes. if they don't have any severe, persistent mental illness issues, they're still going to therapy, yes. which I think really puts us in a position to be able to change the face of mental health. And I'm pretty sure you've probably done the research on that as an advocate um, oh, yeah. for, for mental health conditions and things of that nature. So definitely, um, I'm kind of curious, and I think that it's something that um, is important to explore. What is it like for you, you know, the diva with depression to live with depression? What's that like for you day, day to day? Um, hell, that's, you know, that's, that's a clean way of putting it. Okay. Um, you know, I have severe treatment resistant depression. Okay. Um, and as you know, as, as a um, mental health worker, that's brutal because mm. you know you can't find what works um every every week it's a different medication and okay. so it, it is it's brutal it takes a lot out of me mm. and so um it can be, be pretty dark yeah. you know um especially when I'm going through a spell um in a spiral you know okay. I, I can't see my way out so it, it gets pretty dark it gets lonely mm -hmm. um and it's painful you know mentally and physically um, because you can't function, you know, yeah. it, it's very hard to um, do what you love. You know, it's hard to work. Mm. It's hard to create. It's hard to do everything. I mean, you know, to do this. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I had a therapy session today, um, but to do this, <laughs> I, I, you see, I have my coffee. Um, uh. You know, I just, you know, had a five minute chat with my kids and, you know, trying to gear myself up yeah. um, because, it's it's hard to keep going and um I, I just keep saying brutal 
you know, and, and I know that um, my case is different from others. Mm. I know that some people have it worse or um, less, mm. but it doesn't matter what level it's at. It still takes away a piece of you. And that is really, really hard to live with. Yeah. So it's, it's dark. Yeah. That, that can definitely be a lot. Just the day-to-day getting out of bed oh, yeah. can be tough. Um, yes. I, I share a little bit of my journey with depression at times on certain episodes. Um, and I, I definitely can resonate with that, especially to seeing the therapist today, because I saw my therapist today too, <laughs> earlier today and then saw clients this evening. But, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, finding that extra energy to oh, do yes. things can be yes. really difficult, especially this time of year. I don't know what the weather is like there in Charlotte, yeah. but here in Atlanta, it's been so gloomy. And I talk a lot about seasonal affective um, disorder. Does that ever impact your depression day to day? It does. Um, and actually, I just posted yesterday about um, autumn anxiety mm. um, because we think that seasonal affective disorder is just, you know, going into the winter to the spring, yeah. and, you know. Um, but it's different seasons, especially, you know, in autumn, it's because it starts to get dark again earlier. Exactly. Um, it starts to cool off. And I hate summer. I, I don't like the heat in the summer. Okay. You know? like, how can baby. you hate summer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fall baby. So I love fall. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's good for me, but it's not good for people that love the summer. Yeah. Um, the holidays, I'm not good with holidays. Mm. Um, so, you know, as we get closer to Christmas, um, it, it's a struggle for me, you know, especially now that I'm an empty nester and my kids live in different States, gotcha. it's harder for me, but, um, it is, it, it's seasonal affective disorder. It, I just say it's every season for yeah, somebody, exactly. every season is, is starting to hit you. Um, and so I just try my best to push through, mm-hmm. you know, um, find different ways to, um, if there's not enough light, I have a depression light. Yeah, you know, keep on my desk and, you know, try to make sure that I open the bl- the blinds every single day. Mm. Um, I purposely went and bought all these plants <laughs> and okay. sat in my blinds so that I would have, to, I would have to open the blinds, you yeah. know, to get them light. So I think that we just have to find different ways to cope, mm. you know, um, and the rain, like you said, the rain could be you know, a downer. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is raining here now and it's uh-huh. definitely problematic. And you talk about the light. I actually have one of those on my desk as well because I, I suffer really bad with seasonal affective. And so I have to turn it on. And then, I, you know, as true therapist, I don't always practice what I preach. And so I had to get on myself yesterday um, and call myself to the carpet about that. But it is something that I definitely wanted to highlight because it's something so many people experience and they don't always know why they're experiencing that. And so it's really important to, you know, don't, um, you know, one of my sisters, one of my best friends um, a couple of years ago, and actually we never discussed it up until I moved back here um, mm. in 2018. And um, I noticed that, well, she said that she started to notice that she wasn't, you know, her depression was kicking in worse, Mm. you know, when we got to around October or November. Yeah. And then, you know, when April came around, she was, you know, like, all right, (laughs) you know, I can do this. I can do this. And so that was when we really, I really started talking about it more um, Mm. and and blogging about it because I said, that's what it is. You know, it's not just you know, and, and she's the same way with, you know, with the holidays, 
but her her um sad kicks in because of the seasons the actual mm. seasons whereas mine kicks in because of the the holidays or an event so we do have to share that it's more to it exactly yeah. yeah a lot of people do really have that idea that it's only going into the winter and it's like right. you can have it I experienced it when time changes earlier in the year yes. you know like I experienced it even then and you know it's getting sunny outside at that point but it's still just that shift and I think yes. our body's rhythm just kind of shifts and it, it yes. does impact us so we have to be mindful of those sort of things and you gave a lot of coping skills so far in terms of some of those things what are some of your other key coping skills that you like to use to help with your depression? Um, well, of course, helping, helping helps me. Okay. You know, I, I do um, volunteer with a mental health organization. I am the helpline coordinator for them. So mm -hmm. I am talking to people all day, every day. Wow. Uh, I do the podcast. So there's researching for that. And, and some days just leaving my bed is my coping mechanism because you know yes. you can get caught up and just stay in the bed all day so I try to make myself leave my bedroom mm. every day even if it's just to come into the living room and I stay in the living room all day okay that's fine um I, I come up with I, I call them my quirkies <laughs> you know um um going barefoot you know maybe stepping out on the patio barefoot yeah. you know just to get grounded uh walking around the dollar tree Mm. You know, that that's why I was so upset when they went to a dollar twenty-five. <laughs> I hated that too. <laughs> because I would leave a therapy session and be, you know, just be beside myself and I couldn't I can't go home because that's dangerous. Mm. And so I would either, you know, try to go get a cup of coffee or walk around the supermarket or go to the Dollar Tree because I said, you know, at least I can be grounded and I won't be broke. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, um, you know, I just find cooking and cooking, baking, those are my, um, my, my second loves, um, after my kids. Yeah. Um, and so before, you know, my physical illnesses started to kick in, that was another way I would, I would bake, you know, or I would create like yesterday, um, I, my spiral has been really, really bad, wow. um, the past couple of weeks. And so, you know, I, I, Monday I started making jam. Mm. you know okay. and canning jam so I just find you know whatever works writing um my kids I, I don't know that I keep saying that but you know talking yeah. to my kids really helps because it takes the focus off of me you know phoning yeah. a friend um it, it's there's no easy way to cope mm. so everybody has different ways you know like you said your light may help you um my light doesn't always help me yeah you know um so I I had to find different ways that you know if if it's raining outside and I can't get to the coffee shop or to the Dollar Tree mm -hmm. then I know that I can at least walk out onto the patio or I can yeah. bake some bread <laughs> you know or okay. something so and you just have to reach into your bag of tricks right yeah I just yeah. I think it's so it's so brave of you to kind of be as open and vulnerable as you are on your podcast and in your blog mm -hmm. in terms of sharing that part of yourself. I know you said that your journey started with kind of using your mental health journey to inspire others and to help others. It started from people inboxing you and you kind of finding providers. What caused you to kind of 
what motivated you? Was there anything else that motivated you to expand to what you've kind of expanded to in today's like time as far as what you do and advocacy? Um, I have always, um, and, and you know, this comes from my parents and beyond, mm -hmm. racism makes me angry. Mm. Discrimination makes me angry. It always has. And um, I may not stick up for myself, but I will stick up for other people. Okay. <laughs> you know, that that's, you know, that's not a good thing, but, you know, and yeah. so um, when I see um, black and brown people being shut out, dying, you know, living with illnesses, not being able to afford medication, not having the resources mm -hmm. to get help, it drives me absolutely nuts. And when I got those inbox messages from women who did not even know what the symptoms mm. of depression was or symptoms of bipolar disorder. Um, you know, I was having a discussion with my daughter yesterday about ADD and ADHD and, you know, do you really have it or not? And gotcha. there's so many people, you know, that don't even know what they're suffering from. Mm. And so the inboxes just I'm, I'm a helping I'm, I'm my love language is is helping anyway um okay. I, and they were my friends they're they were my dear friends and and women that I loved mm -hmm. and so I says well let's take this further and I'm not you know one to get in front of a camera you know and do all of that so the writing part starting to blog um mm -hmm. was the easy step you know for me um and then once the feedback started coming you know more and more and yeah. I says well we're still not, I'm still not loud enough. I always feel like I'm not loud enough, you know, mm. that people aren't hearing that there is a problem. Right. You know, we're not addressing. Um, yeah. And so when I was in New Jersey and decided to start the blogging, I also was volunteering with NAMI. Okay. And so um, that was, you know, my first step looking into the, the nonprofit side of mm -hmm. the mental health issue and Okay. The, the racism and the discrimination that was there. Um, and someone came in, a lady for a newspaper interviewed me mm. because I was baking for the walk there. And oh, wow. when I got the feedback from that, I said, well, yeah, this is something that we have to share more, mm. you know, and um, that's what keeps me going, really. Um, gotcha. We're struggling. <laughs> we, <laughs> you know, are. we're struggling. We, we are. We are. And it's unfortunate. I know you mentioned earlier um, when you were introducing yourself that you had had an experience with hospitalization. And I feel like a lot of times that's the only time I would see African-Americans exactly. in, you know, a situation of therapy. And a lot of them, I saw them come in and out of the ER during my time working as a, a psych assessor in the ER, but I didn't see a lot of them coming to, to therapy. Um what was your experience like being a black woman going to a mental health hospital in that experience or that encounter for the first time? Oh, terrifying, mm. terrifying. As a matter of fact, I did not go to the hospital until the day after I had the breakdown. I had my breakdown at work mm. and um, luckily my ex worked in the same building. So he okay. was able to come and take me home. And uh, the doctor told him to bring me right away and I refused. Mm. You know, because I was absolutely terrified because, you know, I'm only going on what you see on TV or in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, when I got there, I was just shaking and crying. You know, that's all I could do. And, and um, you know, 
they make group man, group therapy mandatory when you're right. inpatient. Um, so, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to share my story. But, um, you know, once I started listening to other people mm-hmm. sh- share their stories, then I said, okay, well, it's not, it's not going to be that bad. And, and so um, every time after that, that I've been hospitalized, I sort of, you know, make sure that I'm not, um, I try not to be as scared. Mm-hmm. And I also try to remind myself that I wouldn't be there if I didn't need help gotcha. and that the people there are there to help me. And that's the patients and the workers are there to help me because right. we learn so much from the other people out of there getting help too. Um, so it's, it's scary initially, mm-hmm. but um, it can be a good thing, you know, just go. <laughs> I always say, gotcha. just go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for people to do that. I can't tell you, um, you know, I've never had the experience of being hospitalized, but I worked at a hospital for seven years where I was the person that was, you know, putting someone in on an involuntary hold or if they yeah. went voluntarily. And, you know, I've never really seen the other side of that experience. And so um, I could definitely see the terrifying. I've seen it in the faces of people when I come and tell them they can't go home and yeah. they're going to have to go to the unit and be evaluated by the psychiatrist. So it, it definitely is something a lot of people are terrified by. And I know that with my clients, you know, if some of them are afraid to say yes, I had suicidal thoughts exactly. or yes, I experienced this because the first thought is, oh, if I tell you this, you're going to send me to the hospital, you yes. know, and sometimes clients really do need that. Sometimes people really need that yeah. break to really yeah. reset, you know, whether it's the medication adjustment. I know you said you've had some issues with your medication. So oh, I know yeah. that that's, you know, really challenging. Have you ever yeah. tried any other interventions? Um, I had somebody reach out to me recently about shock therapy. Hopefully they're not still doing that in North Carolina. Oh, girl, please. <laughs> I have had, <laughs> I have had ECT twice. Okay. Um, and yes, they do still do ECT. Um, oh, wow. Everywhere. Um, it's supposed to be not as brutal as it was. Um, but I, I did it the first time that I had my breakdown in 2007 mm-hmm. and I did it again in 2018. Okay. Um, and so, yes, I've done that. I've done um, TMS therapy. Okay, I was going to ask you about that. Gotcha. Yes, I did that at the beginning of 2020, right, actually right before the pandemic hit. Oh, wow. Um, I did that. I have, um, of course, talk therapy. I have um, medicine, you know, you name it. I know mm-hmm. my doctor right now is talking about ketamine treatments mm-hmm. because uh, even the TMS didn't work. Oh, wow. So, you know, um, but um, yeah, if there's something to do, I've, I've pretty much done it, gotcha. <laughs> you know, and, um, yeah. but, but I always, I, I actually documented and, and recorded my TMS um, experience because um, I want people to know that that's part of getting better too. You have to just be willing to try, yeah. you know, how tired you get. And um, I'm tired, but Mm. like okay is there something new coming you know let me try that that might I just keep saying well maybe that's gonna work right maybe that's gonna work so um I have tried many therapies yeah yeah you definitely have to be open I did not know that they were still doing ECT until someone reached out to me literally about two weeks ago asking me for it and I was like they're still like 
And then I found a place like in Georgia somewhere that did it, which I, I expect that from Georgia, you know, but it's just the, you know, I thought that we had moved more towards um, the TMS treatment and away from that. So I was shocked to find that. No, out. I think that what they're saying is that, um, yeah, I don't see how, because I, the what I did in 2007 is exactly the same thing that I did in 2008. However, I only did it on one side mm -hmm. um, initially. Um, 2018, they went to um, dual side, you know, both sides. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that that is supposed to be more intense, but gotcha. they still do it. They still wow. do it. Wow, that's that's surreal to me. <laughs> um, yes. But you know, I, I applaud you on being able to to try things and doing what you need to do in order to be able to get as good as you can get with your your condition and being able to move forward with your life and, and live Thank as you. healthy a life as possible because I know it takes a lot yeah it does it does so you are a very unique individual <laughs> and um I was as I was prepping for the show I did a little bit more digging into your website and I saw something that stood out to me and I want to know if you can explain a little bit more for myself and the audience so what does it mean to you to have the pain of depression without the filter like that just spoke to me but I wanted to know kind of your wh where that came from for you and what it, that means to you the number one um the, the first answer is is that I have a potty mouth okay and so <laughs> the, the f word is my favorite word in the English language well you're on the right so, podcast then <laughs> there's that <laughs> so um I use it frequently yeah. And what what brought that about is that I got tired of CBT, DBT, mm -hmm. um, psychological, and, and and all the big words. Okay. You know? And I and 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 anywhere you went, the books that you read and articles that you read, everybody wanted to tiptoe mm -hmm. around <laughs> what was really going on. Right. And so. I'm like, that's not me. I, I don't know how to do that. You know, mm -hmm. I want you to know that I'm feeling effed up today. Right. You know, I want you to know that taking that medication is going to knock you on your ass. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> I want you, don't you have to, to apologize. We have an explicit <laughs> rating. It's self-aware and fucked up is the name of the show. So um, it's okay. <laughs> I want you to know that, um, you know, there are days when you cannot get out of bed. I want you to know that there are days, days, weeks, months that you don't shower, mm -hmm. that, you know, you don't brush your teeth, mm -hmm. you know, that um, you, you either eat too much or eat too little. And that, right. you know, Intamin's Donuts is a coping mechanism, you mm -hmm. know, for some people. Exactly. And that's what, because I read one of my favorite authors wrote a book and it was about, supposed to be about her breakdown. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I went out, rushing out, bought the book. And I was so pissed off by the time I finished that book oh, because wow. she was so, you know, she just overlooked everything, mm. you know, and, and she sugarcoated her experience. And not only did she sugarcoat it as a black woman, she sugarcoated it as a mom, she sugarcoated it as a wife, mm. she sugarcoated it as a celebrity. And I was very upset. And, and that's, that's, that sort of sent me spiral, you know, like, going forward too, like, I want you to know, and I do tell people at the beginning of my podcast, you know, there's going to be some F words flying around here. Right. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. 
you know, I am not going to lie to you. This is hell. Mm. Living like this, I wouldn't wish it on anybody except one person. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, um, it, it, watching your kids go through it is hell. Mm. You know, watching your parents live through it is hell. I mean, it's just, and so that's what I mean by no filter. Yeah. You know, I'm going to tell you what it feels like. I, I can't mm. sugarcoat it. You know, I can't. And so um, that's what the pain of depression, I'm going to share my pain with you and I'm going to keep it real. Yeah. I hate that term. I'm not hate that term. It's overused, but it's, I, mean, I am. It's I'm necessary though. Really I think it's important that we keep it real. And I think that's why a lot of our community is fucked up because we don't keep it exactly. real. We don't address exactly. the things that need to be addressed and educate people on the experience right. because in our community, and I do a whole training on like educating clinicians on how to work with BIPOC individuals because it's like, you're not, really digging into the trauma of our past you're not looking at the cptsd and all of the things that our community has gone through and it's hard to treat someone if they're not acknowledging their own trauma or their own experience we sweep exactly. stuff like child molesters in our families under the rug and we don't deal with or talk about this type of stuff and that's why we continue to be effed up that's why we stay stuck and that's what you know I think your journey and your story will help so many people to get unstuck with this idea that depression isn't something black people deal with yes yes it is it, it not only do we deal with it um we deal with it in humongous numbers exactly. you know I was um my upcoming episode is going to be about schizophrenia Mm -hmm. in the black and brown communities and um I was reading about it last night and I'm like our numbers are so high and they're mm -hmm. constantly skyrocketing and that's not just blacks it's it, it's um yeah. Hispanics it's you know in the Indian communities it's all of us black and brown communities our numbers are sky high yeah. and um we can't you know just keep saying oh you're going to get better yeah. oh we're going to pray it away oh, you know, shake it off because exactly. it, you can't shake it off. Mm -mm. You know, you cannot shake these things off, you know, talking about trauma and sexual abuse. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just keep carrying that, you know, if you let it go in this generation, then we're just going to think that we can let it go in the next generation. Right. Exactly. And so on and so forth. I, uh, mental illness on my, my mom's side is just rampant, mm. you know, but I never knew until I had a breakdown, my wow. first breakdown the doctors called my mom and she said, well, I suffered with it. And my father suffered. My grandfather was like the closest person in my life ever. Mm. I never knew that he wow. lived with depression. And so that's not cool, exactly. you know, because if, yeah. if somebody would have shared it with me when I was, you know, at 16, when I had an ulcer, mm. then I would have been maybe being able to save myself. So right, yeah. we got to keep talking about it. We, we do. I definitely look forward to that episode that you want <laughs> to do on schizophrenia. I talk about it a little bit in the training. I when in my research, I was when I found out that one schizophrenia was not even really a BIPOC disorder until the protests and all of the things that happened during the civil rights movement. And now, you know, forty years later, you got two point four percent African Americans being diagnosed, two point four percent 
times more often than white counterparts and nothing has changed assessment nothing. bias all of that so it's like when you said that I was like I can't wait to when I read episode. that article I read that article at like three o'clock this morning oh wow I swear to you and I was I had to sit up in the bed I said you have got to be kidding me it's real <laughs> it's so real <laughs> so crazy and, oh that what we go through what we go through yeah. exactly yeah. it's it's a lot but I, I can't yeah. wait to hear the episode because I think <laughs> that's something that's so taboo in the community though is oh, schizophrenia because yeah. we see it um out in the community like a lot of our homeless population they suffer from schizophrenia and yeah. everyone looks at them like they're crazy because they have on these clothes and I'm like that's that's a symptom you know you're, you're missing it you're just laughing and looking at but you don't realize that like so many exactly. of our community members you just are think that they're um you know I'm sorry you just think that they're drug addicts right or you know they have PTSD which is another thing that you know mm -hmm. we think that they're just soldiers but you know that's not yeah. it um and you just, you, like you said, you look at them like you're the, you're, you're crazy. Yeah. You know, that's the first thing that you say. You don't know there is so much more, exactly. you know, um, I hear voices. I've yeah. heard voices, you know, my own voice mm. inside my head. Um, so I know that it's not far-fetched for somebody else to hear other exactly. voices or outside voices. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's another thing that I share. So yeah, it's, it's important to tap into those things. I can't wait um, to hear the episode <laughs> of yours. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so what advice would you give to others who may be coping with depression or any other of the illnesses that you kind of researched or know a little bit about? I, I am a huge advocate for therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that, you know, coming out of the pandemic, the wait list can be long. Mm -hmm. um, thank God for teletherapy. That's all I can say is teletherapy. Um, you know, but, but I'm a huge advocate because I've been in therapy since, um, since like what, maybe about 28 years um, ago was my mm -hmm. first major therapy session. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been doing it this long. And um, 2019 was the first time that I got a Latina you know, therapist, my therapist okay. is, a, is a spicy Latina, I call her. Okay. Um, and, and it makes a huge difference. But having somebody to talk to makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and so if and if you can't get in with a therapy, you know, NAMI, Mental Health America, you know, different organizations have access to um, virtual support groups. Yeah. Um, I, I, I recommend those. Um, but I always tell anybody tell one person mm. just share with one person and that'll make you feel like you're doing something you know if you can't um if you can't climb the mountain you know just cross the street and tell one person um and if you don't have a a, a person person you know find a stranger you know, because mm -hmm. people do it all the time. They go to coffee shops and they have a, a conversation with a stranger yeah. or um, write it down, mm -hmm. you know, um, social media. At, I met you on social media. Um, yeah. Social media is big. There are so many advocates and therapists on social media, you know, um, reach out to them. I, I, I watch so many um, TikTok. I call them TikTok therapists, but there's a lot of therapists on TikTok. <laughs> And I, they talk so much about people reaching out to them in their inbox. Um, yeah. And that's important, you know, so reach out to just one person, but yeah. don't shut down. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you so much <laughs> for sharing that. You talk about TikTok therapist. I um oh. one of my other things is like t-shirt expressions. And so I have one that says TikTok therapy. And um <laughs> I get my therapy from TikTok. So um shout out to Unique Destiny Expressions. You said that I had to plug that there. <laughs> I had to. It was necessary. So uh but yeah, thank you so much um oh, for you. sharing your story. It's raw, it's authentic, and I love it because I can definitely tell you're passionate about being able to help people within the community and I am very passionate about helping my um I'm helping everyone but especially my BIPOC family because I think it's so important because we're underserved there are not a lot of us I know you talked about finding a black therapist you know we only represent 4.4 percent of therapists out there you know across the um the United States at least and so it's so important um, for you for you to have a voice and advocate just as much as it is for us to advocate because we, we tired. <laughs> we need a break, but we definitely are here here to serve. And um, yes, I appreciate you sharing your story. So how can people connect with you? How can they um, listen to your podcast? Can you kind of give a little bit more information for people to be able to reach out to you and connect with your work? Um, my website is divawithdepression.com. And so that has links to everything, you know, all my social medias um, and the podcast, the podcast is called Breaking the Mask of Depression mm-hmm. with Devoid Depression. And, and it's out on um, most of the platforms. Most I do, I'm, I'm always on Instagram, you know, okay. that that's, that's my biggest social media platform. So, mm-hmm. you know, people can reach out on there. Um, but yeah, if you go to the, the website, it'll direct you everywhere my email address is on there and all my um media handles and everything is on there okay all right well i really appreciate you sharing your your contact information and sharing your time with me today because it's so important and so valuable to me is there anything else that you want to share with the audience before we get out of here i just keep going you know and and um if you know my story, you know how hard it is for me to tell somebody to do that, you know, to keep going. Exactly. There are days that I don't feel like keep going. So um, just keep going and, um, you know, listening to people like you, thank you for what you do, you know, you. Um, and knowing that there are more voices out there, you know, just keep going, keep fighting because you're not by yourself. You're not at all. There's everybody is struggling. And, and so I just need you to keep fighting. Thank you. Thank you. So y'all heard her. Keep fighting. (laughs) Don't give up. Just get out of bed each day. Keep trying. Even if you don't do but one thing that day, make it happen. Um, We talked a little bit about seasonal effective lamps, like the the depression lights. If you need one of those, get you one of those because it's definitely going to be difficult in the upcoming months. So make sure you guys take care of yourselves. Thank you so much, Didi, for your time. Definitely you guys connect with Didi. I'll make sure all your information is in the description of this episode, as well as information on NAMI and the other support groups that you mentioned that people can connect to. And also guys, thank you for tuning in this week. Make sure you guys also follow me, Trudy LPC, on all social media platforms under the handle Treaty LPC. Until next time, be safe, be well, and make sure that you take care of your mental health.